Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, September 26, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm... The show's producer out on the fringes of L.A. County, Roger Chang. Welcome back, Roger Chang. Uh, Sadly for us, uh, Sarah Lane has the day off. She'll be back tomorrow. But we are very happy that Richard Gunther, host of Home On and co-host of Entertainment 2.0, is back. How's it going, Richard? I am doing well. It is going well. And I am here in studio in Annapolis, Maryland. Ooh, Maryland. Represent. We don't get Maryland too often. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been too long since we had you back on. Uh, I know Cedia was a couple of weeks ago, but we've we've had some time to digest the news out of there. And later on, you're going to tell us a little bit about the trends regarding custom installation, convergence of the space, etc. Absolutely. At the risk of getting typecast as the smart home guy. Yeah, eh, it could be worse. Could be like me, the <laughs> dumb home guy. Yeah. All right, let's start with a few tech things you should know. WhatsApp co-founder Brian Acton told Forbes that Facebook's lawyers argued that exploring monetization for WhatsApp didn't violate an acquisition agreement that said the founders could leave Facebook with all their stock intact if Facebook introduced ads on WhatsApp. Uh, so Acton lost out on, I don't know, $850 million or so. Acton says during the conversations he had about it, Mark Zuckerberg said, this is probably the last time you'll ever talk to me. Acton left Facebook in 2017. The other WhatsApp founder, Jan Coombe, left earlier this year. And of course, yesterday, the Instagram co-founders left. So a lot of, a lot of uh, sturm and drong around that going on. Nintendo told IGN that it will not delete your saved games immediately on letting your Switch online subscription lapse. Thank goodness. Nintendo says if you resubscribe within six months, your saves will still be there. Uh, You can't access them while you're not subscribed, but they'll come back as soon as you renew. India's Supreme Court ruled four to one that the country's Aadhaar database is constitutional and valid. The bench said that the ID program 
does good things. It empowers marginalized members of society. Uh, they did not find that it violated privacy. They found that the defense mechanism against misuse were sufficient. However, the court did limit which entities can require the system to be used. This doesn't mean which entities could use the system, but which entities can say, to use our service, you have to use your odd hire ID. And basically, it's just welfare and income tax filing from the government. Anybody else, any private entity, pretty much, according to the court, cannot require you to use Aadhaar, although they could let you if they want to. Let's talk a little bit more about Oculus Connect going on. Facebook announced the Oculus Quest. It's a wireless VR headset shipping this spring for $399. That's the same price as the Oculus Rift, but the Rift tethers you. This one does not. The Quest is the final project uh, of the prototype you probably heard referred to before as, as Santa Cruz. It has six degrees of freedom, hand motion, uh, hand tracking, motion detection. That distinguishes it from the Oculus Go, which only has three degrees of freedom. Uh, the Oculus Quest has 1600 by 144 resolution per eye, 1440 resolution per eye, 64 gigabytes of storage, built-in speakers. Um, it's basically an Oculus Go you can stand up and move around with on. Uh, it also comes with two handheld controllers, very similar to the Rift's touch controllers. has an RGB sensor that can stream what's happening outside the visor to you. It will not be able to play PC games made for the Rift natively, but Mark Zuckerberg said it should have about 50 titles available at launch, including Robo Recall, The Climb, and Moss. Oculus product manager... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, 
Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Sean Liu announced Oculus Go updates to improve the look of the content in the Go for you Go users. Uh, also, the ability to let you cast from your Oculus Go to mobile devices and eventually TVs. And they announced the launch of YouTube VR support so you can get YouTube on your Oculus Go. Of course, the big announcement here is the Oculus Quest. Uh, Richard, how, how do you feel about this? Uh, untethered is great, right? I don't think anybody disagrees with that. No, absolutely. This is one of the big hurdles for these types of devices. And I think it's one of the reasons that the lower priced pop your phone in here and play alternatives have done fairly well. If you can get something with the power of Oculus and actually run that in an untethered fashion, I think that's a big thing. And the price point is not so bad either. I've been kind of disinterested in this space, largely because I think that we're not quite there yet in terms of the technology and the pricing. And I also have a disadvantage. And I think this is something that you struggle with as well, where I don't actually have good depth perception. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this stuff is really just lost on me. And anything that attempts to simulate a 3D experience just gives me double vision. So that's kind of uh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I, I don't, ha it doesn't sound like it's quite that bad for me. I can, I can sense the depth, but it's not as great. Uh, and I've got an Oculus Go. It's actually right up there. And I enjoy it when I put it on, but I never feel compelled to go back and put it on. Uh, I don't think six degrees of freedom would make a difference to me. But if you can afford the extra $200 and you're deciding between the Go and the Quest, I'd absolutely get the Quest just because the ability to stand up and move around is, in my experience from using the Rift and the HTC Vive, a much more immersive experience uh, than just sitting there and being able to turn your head from side to side. One of the things that I worry about is that we've seen this technology evolve so much and so quickly over the past few years. I still worry about investing now if you're mm -hmm. just getting into this because yeah. it seems like we're not that far from getting a much more lightweight, ideal, and maybe less um, isolating experience for people to enjoy. Yeah. In fact, uh, Facebook had their their chief futurist on, on stage talking about how augmented reality and virtual reality are going to merge. They are going to continue to converge, but that's not going to happen for several years. Uh, and, and so, yeah, if you're an early adopter who likes to play with this stuff, go for it. Obviously, if you want to buy for the long term, you certainly shouldn't have bought the Rift or the Vive because they're tethered and now they're not. <laughs> you know, now, and there's an option to convert your Vive, I suppose. But but for the Oculus, it, you're you're out of luck. For the same amount of money, you can now get wireless and that wireless is going to get better resolution next. And, and then it's going to get more of the mixed reality stuff for augmented reality. So I agree with you. I think that's a that's a very good point. Sony says it will allow cross-platform play on Fortnite, something available on most other platforms. Wednesday, Sony Interactive Entertainment President John Codera said the first step will be an open beta beginning today, that's Wednesday, for Fortnite that will allow for cross-platform gameplay progression and commerce across PlayStation 4, Android, iOS, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, and the Mac. So... I guess we know who has more influence in the world today, uh, Epic Games or Sony, because <laughs> Sony blinked. Yeah, and this headline could well have just been Sony finally shamed into making this open for other platforms. Yeah, I, I don't 
disbelieve Sony when they said it was a complex business deal. Uh, they didn't quite use those words. They tried to obfuscate it more. But they were basically saying, look, uh, we get to keep all the money <laughs> when, when you buy something in the store uh, through through the PlayStation. Uh, so we don't want to lose that if we you know, let Xbox players come in and play or, or let you play your Sony account on a Switch. Uh, so I don't want to discount the the complexity of that of trying to preserve that revenue line for them uh but obviously it was possible uh and with enough pressure they have made it work somehow for them well it's interesting in that being the top dog you always tend to be a lot more skittish about anything that could potentially whittle away your uh revenue streams And when you're in up when when you're second or third place, you got nothing else to lose. So it's like you know full steam ahead. So it, it's a very interesting case from a, just a business perspective. You take the whole video game aspect out of it. It's like you know when you're top, you ver- it's very much like you want to be the king of the hill, and you got to keep trying to knock back everyone else. And that that's the interesting thing here is apparently Sony isn't top dog. Epic is. <laughs> Uh, because because Sony did have to adapt something that I don't think they had any intention of adapting. Microsoft will let select testers try keyboard and mouse support for the Xbox One in the coming weeks. Most mouse and keyboards will work, uh, although they have a special partnership with Razer to sell some hardware. Uh, some of it will work with chroma lighting effects, so that's kind of nifty. Developers will have to turn it on per game. This is not something where you can plug in the Microsoft uh, or the keyboard and mouse and and just... Go to town on every game. Uh, Some developers may choose not to support keyboard and mouse for various reasons, uh, competitive reasons, possibly just compatibility reasons, whatever. But developers that do uh, want to allow it can now. Microsoft's going to talk more about its partnership with Razer during the Inside Xbox stream on November 10th, if, if you're interested in that hardware line. But you should be able to plug in pretty much any keyboard and mouse once this rolls out. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see just how well this works with other manufacturers' devices. One of the challenges that Microsoft has with this box is that it doesn't have Bluetooth on board, right? So you actually have to physically connect a keyboard or have a keyboard that uses their uh, wireless technology, and those are few and far between. We have talked about this on Entertainment 2.0 when it was uh, part of the Insider Ring news and I think this is a great move. I just hope that we get broad uh, device support for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and by broad, you mean beyond just USB, right? Like, because that's what people want. They want wireless. Yeah. And I don't know how they pull that off yet. Yeah. It, w- it definitely will make a lot of players happy who complain about playing cross-platform on Xbox with PC gamers who have very expensive high-end gaming mice and keyboards and constantly get their uh, tushies uh, handed back to them. Yeah, absolutely. And and frankly, that's one of their reasons for wanting a wired connection so that there is zero chance of latency Mm -hmm. in that connection with your keyboard and your device. Yeah. Uh, Google announced that Chrome 70 will add a switch to its UI. Uh, You can do this right now if you know how, but there's going to be a very obvious place in the settings to turn off that feature that automatically logs you into the Chrome browser when you log into Gmail or YouTube or any other Google service. Google, I think, is not getting enough credit by the, the people who are critical of this, and I'm not saying that they don't have a right to be critical. I think Google wanted to prevent 
one bad thing and caused another bad thing to happen. The bad thing they were trying to prevent is when you share a device, and I've run into this working on other people's rigs when I'm podcasting, you have to remember to log out of Chrome and Gmail and YouTube, you know, so making it so you log in once, you log out once is very important. However, not making it my choice is always a bad move. Uh, Google will also update Chrome Sync to make it clear what data is being synced with your account. And Chrome 70 uh, will also clear cookies on signout, uh, which before some of the Google cookies stuck around after signout. Uh, again, to make it easier when you sign back in. But they're going to get rid of that now. They're going to say, forget it. Now, we'll clear them all in the name of privacy. Yeah, so this is... Google and Google is the king of data, right? So I have a hard time believing they didn't have the telemetry from their users to know how many people are actually using this login to Chrome feature. I didn't even start using it until the kind of mid this year. And once you start using it, it's amazing because you have completely separate environments with different favorites and different cookies and uh, you know, they don't cross at all. It's like you have have isolated sandboxes. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful feature when you're trying to manage different things with one browser. Even in testing, that's a great thing. Yeah. But I, I don't think they realize that people don't want to be forced into doing this if they don't have to. And the, the downside of this announcement is that Chrome 70 will still have this setting on by default. Uh, and again, my guess is the people listening to this show are not the majority. The majority of people don't even know this exists and probably will benefit it because they're not going to do testing. Uh, so maybe it should be on by default. I guess I can see an argument for that. I prefer to just force me to make a choice uh, and make an informed choice. And I'm very glad they're giving me the option to turn it off because I'm like you, Richard. I I don't want that on. But I, I see I, I do see why they were seeing a benefit for an average user there. Uh, Google Maps added collaboration tools now that will let you create a list of places and share with your friends so you can vote on a place to go. So if you're choosing a restaurant, you're choosing a bar, etc., movie theater maybe even, uh, group members can veto selections and even add their own. Uh, so depending on your group of friends, this could be a very useful feature or end up with no decision ever being made. Uh, I guess it depends. But this seems to be a very popular feature ad. I I've seen a lot of people very excited about this today. I think this is great. I love things that allow you to collaborate geospatially. That's something that not a lot of platforms have the ability to support. And I remember 10 years ago using Google Maps to plan out events, activities, and places that people could go to for my, my uh, union, my wedding trip, which was a destination wedding. And even 10 years ago, it was great for that sort of stuff. So the ability to then allow that group to coordinate and collaborate over that information, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, if you, do you remember the dodgeball service? I think it was even pre-app. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was what it was premised on was like, hey, folks, if we all want to meet up at the same place, how do we do that? We've got a web service for you. And of course, those guys went on to, to found uh, Foursquare and Swarm and, and all of that. So uh, it has definitely been something people have been wanting to use the Internet for for a long time. And uh, interesting feature to add to Google Maps. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, don't forget to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines at DailyTechHeadlines.com. 
If you recall, a few years ago, uh, we had Richard on and discussed on DTNS how the high-end custom installation smart home and the do-it-yourself smart home uh, were starting to show some overlap. Today, that convergence is more obvious than ever. And And I remember on that conversation, Richard, we talked about how In the early days of CNET, I did a series that showed smart homes being installed, and that was the only option. And then when last we talked, it was like, hey, but you can now go and buy these systems. Not all the systems work with each other, but some of them are pretty sophisticated, and even some custom features are starting to show up in these systems. Uh, Cedia was a couple of weeks ago, and we got a lot of announcements in this space. What did we find out? Yeah, so as you indicated, Cedia is really a an organization that serves the installer market, serves that custom high-end market. But over the years, we've seen more and more, I I guess I would say, infiltration, if you will, of DIY products. And by that, I mean, for example, the Ring Lock or uh, the Nest Thermostat or the Amazon Echo that you can just buy at your local store. So Part of the reason for that is that those products have an awareness in the public now. And you have this situation, which is kind of unusual, where you had homeowners who are literally spending tens of thousands of dollars for high-end custom systems to be installed in their homes, having envy over their neighbor's $250 Nest thermostat. <laughs> right. Uh, home security systems is is one that I recently uh, had to dive back into the market for. And I was shocked. The Simply Safes and the Rings and, 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 and such. Uh, so much cheaper than like an ADT or, or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. There are a whole bunch of products out there that allow you to do this stuff yourself or... And we're starting to see a, a little bit of like a, a, a gray, gray market's the wrong term because that has negative connotations, yeah, right. but a, a middle ground, if you will, where customers who have the ability to see these less expensive products and don't need something that's all custom laid out for them or custom designed for them realize that they can buy the product, but they don't maybe necessarily want to deal with a wiring mm-hmm. or they don't know all the different pieces that they're going to need in their home. That Wi-Fi so, stuff always confuses me. I just want somebody to do it for me. I, I've well, heard right, exactly. Yeah. And and so, you know, companies, even, even Amazon has a service like this now, but there are companies that are starting to really specialize for that consumer grade, do it for me so that you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars, but could instead just spend a little bit of money to get what you want out of this. Kind of like Geek and Squad get on steroids, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. So, so you know, we have that convergence. And then the other thing that we have going on, which I think is really interesting, is this thing where the smaller companies, smaller companies is the wrong word, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you know, we have we have Apple, we have Amazon, <laughs> Amazon, we have Google, all in smart home now. But you have these companies that are catering directly to consumers now, uh, really making a push in that larger space. So, you know, you see companies like Google and Logitech and Ring on the show floor. Now, Ring, you know, sure they're they're also a big company, right? But they kind of pioneered the smart doorbell in terms of uh, getting that that major uh, adoption for it and and uh, consumer awareness. So uh, it's interesting to see that sort of integration. We're also seeing companies like Sonos that have historically really just been a consumer product 
come out with new products like the new AMP they announced a couple of uh, weeks ago, specifically intended to make life easier for integrators. So that's the one side. And then the other side is that these large companies that do this custom install work, like Control 4, like Savant, have new capabilities that are intended to support some of these products. I saw an amazing remote control from Savant that actually allows you to control your Apple TV with Siri through their remote. I just got the tvOS update yesterday. And one of the things it tells you in like, here's what's new is we now have support for Siri use on these high-end custom remotes, the, the, exactly the kinds you're talking about. In fact, I'm pretty sure Savant was listed as an example. Yeah, absolutely. They are in that list. So that's a really nice thing to see. We also have companies like Control 4 that are just embracing these third-party products. They know their customers want them. And Control 4 is going even further by leaving consumers with something of an IFTTT engine. It's not IFTTT, but it's it's similar to that, where you have the ability to kind of define some workflow so that you don't have to pay for somebody to come out and change when that light bulb comes on. Because you know what? It turns out you don't you, the lifestyle in your house is a little bit different than it was when they first created your program. So <laughs> yeah. you can go and customize that stuff for yourself without having to spend extra money. That's a great thing. Um, it, the other day, we just saw a, 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 an article in CE Pro, which is a magazine that caters to the pro space, with how there's now a driver available by a third party that allows Crestron, another high-end proprietary system, to work with smart things. So this is a trend I think we're going to continue to see. And I, I think it's very interesting. And, and I think that it's ultimately going to make many more products available at both ends of the spectrum. So, it, you know, we used to think of custom installation meant I've got enough money to pay somebody to come in and rewire my house and make it all work. And and DIY was I'm going to go down to the Best Buy and I'm going to buy some stuff and sit down for the afternoon and figure out how to make it all work. And, and Richard, I think you've done a great job of explaining how the, those lines are blurring are we still going to see this ecosystem war? This is what I, I want to finish on is, is okay. now I've got more options than ever based on my budget. I can find a solution and some of it can even involve somebody coming to help me install it and it won't break the bank. Uh, but how do I pick what, what nation I want to live in, in my smart home? Is it, is it still, uh, once I'm in, I'm going to be stuck there for a while. Yeah, we still have this problem, I guess I would call it where, big companies are kind of trying to carve out their own space here. And this is true even with Google and Amazon and so on. And so uh, my advice to anybody that wants to get into this is if you're looking at Best Buy or Amazon or some retailer and you want to buy some products, buy products that say that they work with multiple ecosystems. Ah. If you have iOS devices, make sure it works with HomeKit. If you have Amazon Echoes or Google Home devices, make sure that it works with those as well. And there are many companies that are putting out products specifically to touch all of those major control areas. Yeah. I, Sonos is one of them uh, where they want to con- yep. they want to work with multiple systems. Roku even recently announced they're adding Google Assistant support, which is in, mm-hmm. an interesting play. In, I didn't re- think of it as an interesting play into the smart home market, but it really is. Uh, Absolutely, so, it so, is. Yeah. Entertainment's becoming a much bigger part of smart home technology, particularly as you have stuff like a skill that you can use to, say, control your DVR or mm-hmm. whatever from your cable service. 
Well, thanks to all those who participate in our subreddit. Keep ideas like this coming. Uh, we love these evergreen topics, uh, even if there is not so much evergreen, but but just sort of an, a, a chance to step back from the day-to-day press release grind and sort of get some perspective on a space like this. Thank you, Richard, for that. Uh, submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check in with Chris Christensen, who has some news about TripAdvisor. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. There's some big changes going on at TripAdvisor. Full disclosure, I worked there as an employee for a year and a half and as a contractor for another three years because they are changing the site to be a social network. Mm. Now, they've always had some integrations with Facebook, but the idea is that you can follow people on TripAdvisor. Probably the best description of what they're trying to become is the Facebook for travel, where you come home from a trip and post all your pictures and your reviews and such there and get followed by your friends. I'm not sure that Facebook is not the Facebook for travel, but I'm in the beta program and we'll see how it works out. If anyone can pull that off, it seems like it's probably TripAdvisor, who is the most trafficked travel site in the world. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. I'm like, isn't Facebook the Facebook for travel? But I I do see the the allure for them. TripAdvisor is kind of already doing that. And a lot of times when I look up things on TripAdvisor, it's just people asking each other questions and talking about their recent trips and and whatnot. So maybe it'll just make that smoother. And it's my go-to if I have any travel questions. Yeah, as long as they don't make it harder to find the answers, then then I'm all for it. All right, let's check in with the mailbag. Uh, Rohan from Boston, longtime listener of DTNS, wrote in and said, after listening to show 3372 and the plethora of Amazon Echo announcements, I can think of only one word, IOT. It's actually an acronym, but... We're not going to be picky. Uh, with this, I think Actually, Amazon is. <laughs> with this, I think Amazon is able to crack the IoT market, which Google has been unable to do, even though Google started trying it first. Rohan thinks. Uh, moral of the story: Companies should not try to get into a market announcing the name of the science field like IoT, ML, AI, or VR. Companies should launch products which use these concepts. These words, IoT, ML, AI, VR, should be used in internal meetings, not in end-user announcements. Amazon's on the right track, and Google needs to learn this from them, says Rohan. Uh, what do you think? Here, 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 here. No, I, I think that's dead on. I, I think, though, that Rohan may be perhaps conflating the information that we get as tech heads and that we hear in announcements at things like I.O., versus what they're actually promoting to consumers. If you buy a Google Home, they're not talking about IoT and mm-hmm. ML and AI, but the, the what you read in the press is. And, and I think that we, but the bottom line is don't use industry jargon when you're talking to consumers. The best way to get consumer adoption is to speak to them in language that they understand. Yeah. And while we're bringing up the Amazon announcements, I was one of the people who looked at the Amazon Auto and was like, "Why wouldn't I just do all this stuff with my phone?" But, but <laughs> you've you've explained this to me in an email. Explain the the appeal of the Amazon Auto because I I think I get it now. I really think this device is a game changer. They invite they introduced a whole bunch of stuff, but right now, if you want some sort of 
automation or some sort of uh, assistant in the car, you have to use your phone, as you were talking about. But that isn't always all that convenient. And sometimes you don't have the ability to talk to it automatically without having to press a button or maybe even pick up your phone and you don't want to do that. So this puts microphones in your vehicle, works the way it would at home, gives you access to thousands and thousands of skills to play games, to get information for navigation, all these things that uh, are harder to just pull up instantaneously on your phone, particularly, particularly if you're not looking at it. And then you have that whole home automation tie-in where you can say, I'm home and open the garage door or, hey, lady, turn off the lights as you're driving away. So I, I think I really think this is a Trojan horse and a big win to get for $50 a major piece of technology into a car that would otherwise cost a whole lot more if you were getting something installed. Yeah. And, and I think what I was hung up on is, but I shouldn't need this. And I don't think this is the kind of product that will last forever. It now reminds me of the D-Link Air that I used to use on my Dell Latitude. It's an 802.11b wireless LAN adapter. I you totally have one of those in my closet. You don't need this product anymore <laughs> because Wi-Fi is built in. And, I, and Amazon Auto is the same thing. Eventually... This won't be a, a device you'll need to bridge the gap, one hopes, but but you have explained why it's it's very helpful right now. So thank you for that. And, uh, and what do you have more of, old <laughs> cars or new cars on the road right now? Yeah, no, old cars. exactly. Specifically my 2002 Prius. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you, Richard, for joining us. Uh, really love getting your insight. Let's Let's not make it so long until next time. All right. That sounds like a good idea. If people want to find more about what you got going on, where should they go? So I write and podcast at the Digital Media Zone. It's the digitalmediazone.com. And the main show that I typically promote is Home On. That's my DIY smart home show. And I am also going to be at the Smart Kitchen Summit next oh, cool. week. So I'm going to put in a plug for Mike's kitchen tech show because that is a lot of fun. And I am going to be one of the discussion moderators there again this year. Don't forget, folks, if you use code DTNS, you get a discount if you want to attend. That's October 8th and 9th in Seattle, the Smart Kitchen Summit, smartkitchensummit.com. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. It's, it's so much better to support us directly, and uh, we are up over last month right now, uh, but we want to see how far up we can get. So keep the backing coming at patreon.com slash DTNS. And don't forget, I'll be at a, a, a conference this weekend in Los Angeles, September 30th on Sunday at 1 p.m. I'll be doing a workshop on preparing content for your podcast at outliercs. That's O-U-T-L-I-E-R-C-S dot com. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, 
Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.